Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Courtside with, jeez, uh, man, I can't hear anything with all the dribbling. So, as I was trying to tell you, this is a new thing called Courtside with Kellen. Kellen Olsen's our son's brainiac, and he knows everything about the Suns and the players like Kellen, so he's got that going for him. Anyhow, here's Kellen. And he's brought to you by Southwest Gas. Committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burnsy and the kids, as we're calling it today for this edition. Mitch and Eric kind of co-filling in for Gambo today. We got a lead singer for the next set, I heard. (laughs) I don't. Kellen Olsen can do a lot of things. I don't. No, if he can carry it too. Can I be the fun uncle? Is that who I am? Yeah, you, you, you can be the fun uncle. Ah, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Time to say inappropriate things. Cut off my mic before I do it. <laughs> Kellen Olson, our son's guru from ArizonaSports.com. Normally we talk to Kellen earlier in the day on Thursday, but with the lateness of the game and the fact that we're down here at the Ainsworth, we decided to do this in the 5 o'clock hour, you know, so Kellen can go across the street and go to work and cover a team that at least is getting a body back. Maybe not not all of the bodies back, and maybe not even all of the bodies we were hoping for with that little nugget we got about Chris Paul being upgraded yesterday. But Cam Johnson's back, and for a, a team that's been wandering the desert for the last month and a half, it's a drink of water they need, isn't it? Yeah, it, this last couple of weeks has just been all about tempering expectations, and this kind of day is no different because Cam Johnson's not going to come in and revitalize their offense or revitalize their defense or revitalize their team play because the bottom line is we might see Saban Lee start tonight. Uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. has been the starter in these kinds of situations when Shamit, Payne, Paul and Booker have all been out, but Lee played ahead of Washington in, in the last game, so I'm not sure what we're going to see tonight. I would expect Wayne Washington Jr. to still start, but either way, we're talking about that from a ball handler perspective. Your two-way guard or the guy you signed on a 10-day starting a point guard for you, so that's kind of the situation the team is in, but what I wrote about on the site yesterday is this is like an emotional lift that this team really needs, and a lot of what you guys have been talking about today is that this is kind of the first domino, the first step forward, and you can imagine, like for us watching and reacting to it, we're excited, but imagine the guys like it's like okay we're starting to get guys back this is when we can kind of really start to piece together some things and this is when the schedule really lines up I know that you look at Brooklyn Indiana Memphis and you say like it's it's still some pretty good teams but Brooklyn without Kevin Durant Indiana without Tyrese Halliburton like these are games you can take advantage of and then we get to like next week where you remember when we were talking about them playing Charlotte last week last year and it's like yeah they're playing Charlotte now it's like they're playing Charlotte like they need to win that game <laughs> hey, we're talking about it a whole lot differently now that, that is the closest thing to a must-win NBA game that you're going to find at this stage of the calendar. They better beat Charlotte next week. Absolutely. So, I mean, that seven-game stretch, Burnsy kind of laid it out like if you could just go 500 with what you have now, then you might be in a decent spot. And the the, we kind of got to three wins, so we're a game under 500 in that seven-game stretch between Indiana, Charlotte, and San Antonio. Of the other like remaining four, like could this even be the night that pushes them into that four out of the next seven range against Brooklyn? Yeah, for sure, because Brooklyn is a team designed in a way where they have a lot of good supplementary pieces. Nick Claxton has been one of the biggest success stories in the league this year. Like He might make all defense. He's been fantastic for them, and they've got other pieces at work as well, but they are so dependent on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but Kevin Durant especially, just like the Suns are with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, so you take out one of those two guys, and they're just a completely different team. Yes, they didn't have Kyrie 
Kyrie the other night, but they got killed by the Spurs. And I think it shows their limitations as a team when one of those two guys is missing. So that game kind of, that moment kind of applies as well. But man, you just look at the state of the team right now and, and sort of how they're looking. It, it, the way that Kevin Zerman and I described it on the Empire of the Suns podcast last night is I am team, and I wrote about this on ArizonaSports.com in another column where I am going to believe it before I see it in terms of I think that once this team gets healthy in February, they're going to go off to the races. I think they're going to finish in that 30-game sample size. I think they're going to win 18, 19, 20, 21 games, something like that. I think they're going to rip them off, and I think they're going to be able to finish top eight, top six, somewhere around there. I think there are a lot more people who are, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And I think there are people that want to see the team fully healthy and see how it looks because we can't sit here and act like when Devin Booker went down, this team was the juggernaut that they were last season. They still had plenty of problems that we were talking about, and we were still looking at them like a team like, okay, they can make the second round, maybe they can make the West Conference Finals. We were talking about them as a title favorite, but I think they're going to start to put it together. But those are the two camps I think everyone is kind of deciding where they find themselves right now in terms of the optimism they have remaining in this team. But something you and I, Bernsey, talked about in the office yesterday is yeah. the good news is they're in the West. And that was not something we were talking about. We were talking about that in a completely different way a couple months ago because of how it was looking in the standings. But when you look at it from who's going to come out of the West, who knows? I have no idea. If, you're, if your story today at ArizonaSports.com provided kind of a roadmap of how you're going to get there, I, I agree that that that's the best part of that roadmap is that the West, I, I see a lot of very talented yet very, not flawed. Flawed is the vulnerable basketball teams. I think that's the word that I'm looking for. I, I, I find Denver to be the least vulnerable of the bunch probably because they they have been to the postseason. They, they've got a two-time, maybe three-time MVP. They've got Jamal Murray. But the Pelicans, vulnerable in part because, as you point out, Zion and Brandon Ingram haven't spent a lot of time together. I think Memphis is vulnerable because they kind of have this one-man band vibe about them come postseason. Youngest season. team in the league still. They're still the youngest team. Very young. Um, I, I think Sacramento, I mean, it, what a wonderful story. Man, they're the poster child of vulnerable right now in terms of lacking that experience and sort of question marks how they're going to respond. I know this. I, I know that this time a year ago, the Suns were on the other end of the spectrum. The Suns were at the top kind of looking at the bottom. Bottom. And we were looking at teams like, don't want to play them, don't want to play them, don't want to play them, or all right, I'd rather play them. Now, we were wrong because we all wanted to play Dallas, but I think the Suns will be that team if they can get in. And if they can stay healthy, somebody at the top is going to go, oh, man, I don't want to play them. I don't." Want, and I think that's the key to this whole equation here. And part of my optimism is, it, it, say they're, I, I'm picturing them at 6, 7, or 8 right now. Maybe they can get to 5 or 4. It's really interesting. Some of the advanced projections, some of 538's numbers, they're still really skeptical skeptical of teams like the Kings. Like They're projecting the Kings to finish under 500 at the end of the year. Really? Really surprising wow. with the drop-off that their numbers... Wow, sort that's of just rude. Yeah, but they've been rolling. I, I, I'm not going that far, but when you look at them as 6, 7, or 8 seed, you look at the top three seeds, and you're like, okay, you're not seeing... The NBA for so long was about the lack of parity. You're like, okay, LeBron's going to come out of the East, and it's like the Spurs or the Warriors or whoever in the West. There was that Rockets team with Chris Paul and James Harden that won 65 games. There is no juggernaut like that in the West Coast. Now, I could see if we were talking about the Suns, and we were like, oh, man, they could play Giannis in the first round. They would have to play Kevin Durant in the first round. I think the one guy we think of the most probably, we got to wait and 
see if Zion's healthy, so I'm going to exclude him from this, is Jokic. And we've seen DeAndre Ayton handle that matchup really well in the yeah. playoff series already. It's a different dynamic with Jamal Murray in there. I understand that Denver's a far better team this year. Aaron Gordon might make the all-star team this year. That makes Mitch Verlis over here very happy that they got I'm, that I'm going I'm liking what I'm seeing other than some struggles against Minnesota last night. It felt like Minnesota opened a playbook on that. Yeah, and there's some depth things that they got to figure out. Like the Bones Highland minutes are just getting massacred right now, which I didn't think was going to happen personally. But they're not, like, if, if you're in a 1-8 and you're thinking as a 1-8, you're like, man, that's going to be one heck of a challenge for them. But then you look at the one and it's it's Denver. Like, just beat them two years ago. Like, they have they match up with Jokic well. I, I would like their chances. And this is me, of course, not saying I'll pick them. I'd pick the Suns. But they have much more of a shot than any 8 or 7 typically would. No, I think what you do, I think you, you're drawing a map for how it can happen. And and to your point, that there's the I'll see it before I believe it crowd. And you're the I believe I'm going to see it crowd. I think, to me, the bridge between those two is when they get healthy, can they stay there? Yes. Right? Like, that's the... Because I believe if they stay healthy, absolutely. I could see a scenario like you're talking about kind of unfolding. Can they stay healthy when they get there? Because if they can't, uh, it's not happening, right? They've got to stay healthy when they get there. Yeah, the numbers I have in the story is six of their eight most important players, if you would classify them as such, have missed at least 15 games this year. So that's 67 games that it's they can astounding. maximize that. The last year, they had six of their guys play at least 65 games. And this year, they'd be lucky to have two guys do it. And they only had two guys fail to reach 65 games last year. They were a part of their key rotation. They just need to stay healthy. And look, Okogi missing a couple of games with a broken nose. He's been great for them. And Landry Shamit still having these things. like that, that hurts, of course. But getting Cam Johnson back, huge. Once you get back Chris Paul, huge. Once you get back campaign, that's that outweighs it. If you can get those really big pieces back, and then, of course, you make the Jay Crowder trade, that would help as well. Well, you set up what I wanted to ask you. So if I give you two options, and only two options, because these are the latest reports that are out there. If a Jay Crowder trade ended up getting you Caleb Martin of the Heat, Mm -hmm. or if a Jay Crowder trade in a three-team deal ended up with Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen, where are you leaning and which is more likely? I want the I want the two players for one. That was from the athletic story, right? Correct. They had yeah. another three teamer in there that was KJ Martin and Eric Gordon. I would prefer that. Now the Eric Gordon holdup is the money next year. That that is the holdup. But again, we're talking about a different landscape here. The Suns are not going to be a team that has cap space next year. It's just a matter of how big their luxury tax bill gets. And I'm not concerned about their luxury tax bill. So, if, but is if, Matt Ishbia concerned? That would be the question. That's what I'm saying, and that's part of what makes their situation so complicated right now. So I don't think so, and I think Eric Gordon's exactly what they need. He's a little bit less than he was last year in terms of a player, but I, I've looked at the two spots, and you would say right now, looking at their team as it's constructed, their two most important reserves are Campaign and Tory Craig right now. I think those are the two spots that you want to not necessarily upgrade, but find other potential solutions for. I think if that's your first guard and your first one off the bench, and then there's a big drop-off like there has been at this point, I think you're in trouble, but if you can upgrade one of those spots, you're in a far better position this year. You can read Kellen's stuff at ArizonaSports.com exclusively at ArizonaSports.com. Sports.com.